Hi. Hi. I got to be the opening speaker. Hi. Um, welcome to the Let Go, Let God marathon meeting. My name is Deborah. I am a compulsive overeater, vomiter, and drug addict, and your leader for this meeting. After a moment of quiet time, would you join me, please, in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will by me done. Um, before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off or on silent or just so they're not making noise. Um, to protect our anonymity, no photography Audio or visual recording is allowed by OA members. This meeting is being recorded by Region 2. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Thank you. Uh, the format for this one-hour session is as follows. I will read an excerpt from a piece of OA literature, share for 25 minutes, followed by three-minute shares from those who wish to share. Again, the topic for this meeting is let go and let God. The following is a reading, which they've got on the next page here. Okay, it says let go and let God from the OA 12 and 12, page 27, if anyone's got a book. Once we compulsive overeaters truly take the third step, we cannot fail to recover. As we live our decision day by day, our higher power guides us through the remaining nine steps. When we falter, we are alone, and we trust that the willingness and ability will come back if we only ask for them. When we get off track, our higher power will guide us back as long as we are sincerely trying to know and do God's will. We can confidently face any situation life brings because we no longer face it alone. We have what we need at any time, and at any time we are willing to let go of self-will and humbly ask for help. And then it says here, I will now briefly qualify and share my experience, strength, and hope on this topic. Um, like I said, my name is Deborah, and I am a compulsive overeater, vomiter, and drug addict. And um, welcome. Uh, it's... It's really uh, wonderful to be here um, at the Region 2 Convention. Um, uh, and for those who know this, well, it's the only story I've got, so I can't make it any different, so I apologize. Um, I walked into Overeaters Anonymous on May fifteenth, 1981, which is um, 32 years ago this year, uh, th uh, 32 years ago um, uh, this year. And um, I like to say that the only two things that I did right were I kept breathing and I kept coming back. Uh, it took me a really long time to get abstinent and uh, coming to meetings, like two, three, four, seven times a week, two trips through an eating disorder unit. And it took me nine years of actually being here to get the abstinence that I have today. In April of this year, I celebrated 23 years of abstinence. Um, I like to think of the abstinence I have today is that I wear it like a, a loose garment. Um, I, as a bulimic, um, my bottom line of my abstinence is I eat it, I own it. 
Whatever I put into my body, I have to be responsible for the consequences of that food. If I want to sit around and eat chocolate cakes all day, if that's the consequence that I'm willing to accept the behaviors and the body that I live in from that choice, then I would be abstinent. However, since I don't choose to live with the consequences of eating that, that's not what my food plan is. And I've come to discover the difference between my abstinence and, and my food plan. And um, the... The foods that I don't eat today, I don't eat sugar, flour, or dairy. Um, and my abstinence has traveled with me all over the world. And when I talk about all over the world, I'm talking about places like Tahiti and Prague and Budapest and Paris and, and Hawaiian Islands. And uh, literally, I have been abstinent in all these places. I did cry after one meal in Paris because I was still hungry. <laughs> And my husband dearly said, do you want some more food? And I was, I was like, at that point, I couldn't tell if I was emotionally hungry because I had been, like, waiting for this meal at this wonderful restaurant that specialized in fish, and I got, like, three scallops on my plate, and I was, like, looking for the rest of my meal, and I just couldn't tell. And it was late enough at night, and I went back to our hotel and we went to bed. But, you know, he was like, He's very supportive. He's like, we can get you some more vegetables. We, you know, it's like, and, and like I said, at that point, I just didn't know if I was emotionally hungry, and I knew I wouldn't starve until the next morning. So I just went to bed, and woke up without the disease, and it, because that's where it lives. It is like if I'm what I call like behind the eight ball. I'm checking what I ate yesterday so I can figure out what I can eat today. Then I'm in trouble. Then I'm in trouble. So. Um, about five years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Holly because I um, send her my food. I email her my food. Um, I teach school, so I, teach, I send it to her most every day during school. I have a lot less issues with my food during summer vacation, but <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, there I will. I will email her my food. And, you know, I was about 17 years abstinent when I started sending my food in, when I had that willingness to what I was finding is more and more I let go and let God. I want to talk about that, the, the topic for a few minutes. But the more, as the more and more I let go and let God, there was greater and greater willingness to be cleaner and cleaner with my food because life kept giving me bigger and bigger things. And I wasn't going to be able to handle the bigger and bigger things in my life if I was messing around in my food. So it became like this, um, a, a cycle, you know. God, so when they called me and asked me, I want to talk about the topic, and then I'll talk about me because it's not always about me. Um, but they called me up, and um, she gave me a variety of times. And since um, I just wanted to get this over with so I could enjoy the rest of the conference, I picked the first time that was available. And she said, okay, that's great. You know, the topic's let go and let God. And I just said, is there anything else? Because the truth is that's all there really is. If I do not let go and let God... I do not get the privilege of recovery, the joy and the grace of living an abundant life today that 
is truly beyond my wildest dreams. I have pictures. I forgot. I have pictures. And, and statistics, too. Um, besides, I have both ends of this disease. Um, my, I stand like five feet tall, a little over five feet, and my top weight was 175 pounds, and my lowest weight was around 102 pounds. And I have pictures of both ends of this, and some of the most interesting things are when you look at the back, uh, there, there's dates on these pictures, and they say things like 1972 on them and 1973. And I know there's people in this room that weren't even born when these pictures were taken. So, And I don't know where I went with that, except that I was always controlling my food. I was always trying to be in that, that magic number. And we each all have that magic number that I think when I get to this number, my life's going to be perfect. I'll have the right job, I'll meet the right guy, I'll live in the right apartment, my mother will finally like me, you know, all those things. And I hit that number coming and going more than once, and my life was still, I don't want to curse, um, it was not a joyous place to be living. There was no joy, there was no freedom more than anything else, there was no freedom. I was bound to the number on the scale and the things that I had to do in order to keep that number on the scale. So there was no room for any of you, whoever the yous were in my life, whether that was a, a good job performance, uh, a second date with anybody, because I never got past the second date with anybody. Um, you know, I was one of these people who'd be like, I'd on a date with somebody, and I'd look at my watch and go, oh, gotta go home. And I'd watch the person leave, and then I'd go and binge. Be 11 o'clock at night, I'm out the door to the, you know, fast food place to get food. And, and, and so the fact that I stand before you uh, in a relationship, married, um, and I am a very late bloomer. I got married for the first time at the age of 56. So, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And I am definitely of the slowly variety, like nine years to get abstinent and things like that, you know. So... So when she said let go and let God, it, it, it took me a long time to come to that let go and let God, to really understand. I'm, I'm also sober, and um, I was here first. I was in OA first. Um, my story was a little backwards from other people, but um, the part of my story where I realized that I needed to get clean and sober was that um, when I first started coming around, meetings tended to be long, and there were breaks. There were hour-and-a-half meetings, and there were breaks, and I'd be in the bathroom doing lines of cocaine because that's how I took care of my eating disorder. I wasn't eating, you know? I was just doing lines of cocaine. You're supposed to laugh. That was funny. Um, <laughs> thanks, Allison. Uh, but that was how I took care of my eating disorder. I was doing drugs to stop eating. And when I um, wound up in um, both CA and AA and um, got sober, it was easy to find that this disease is so much harder to get clean and sober from than drugs and alcohol. You just put them down and you don't do them. Whereas this disease, I have to um, negotiate my way each day with food in a peaceful, successful, loving fashion. And um, I was a pretty violent bulimic, and I didn't know how to be kind to myself. And I didn't know how to be kind to myself with food. You know, I was either um, starving, 
you know, eating like lettuce heads all day long, and or I was eating pounds of, of cashew nuts and throwing them up. So uh, it was a long path for me to find that um, or to believe that I wasn't in control and in charge and that God was. And um, there was a moment I was in an um, AA meeting and this woman was speaking and I always like to give her credit for her. Her name was Shannon. And I even remember it was a Sunday evening and, and on the west side in L.A. And she said that when she stopped trying to figure out what God is and just accepted that God is, all the fight went out of her. And I went out of that meeting that night and I just, it kept like, it was on like on a tape loop just kept going over and over and over again that I had been trying to figure out how God got it. Okay, what do you do up there that it's like, so how are you doing this? And it, and it was as if if I had figured out how God did God, then I could figure out what I was supposed to do rather than just believing that God is and take that step in faith off the precipice without a net and believe that I wouldn't have been brought this far to be let go of now. Okay? I was a hope-to-die compulsive overeater. I was a shopping for bridges. The rocks aren't sharp sharp enough. The water's not deep enough. I'm jumping in front of the subway train um, because I got absent in Chicago and I took the subway to work and to school every day and um, was always figuring out like I'd be on a B station so the A train wouldn't be stopping and that's the one you know I was like I wanted I didn't want the train to stop because then I might still be here I wanted to be gone you know I was a hope to die compulsive overeater and um, when that moment when I heard that woman say that about God, it's probably that I hadn't heard it before, but I've come to understand that I'm not ready until I'm ready. And, you know, I I wish I could say to you, and it was like, this is something, when I finally was ready to start dating, which is a whole other story in itself. And I've been, I've been with my same sponsor for 15, 16, a lot of years. I don't even know how many years. And, and I used to say to her, you know, I don't care when he's going to come. If you can just tell me the date on the calendar, you know. I don't care if it's seven years from now, ten years from now. Just, just tell me the date on the calendar and I'll be patient. And it was sort of like, sorry, you know, it's let go and let God and walk and act in faith. And, and the simplest and cleanest demonstration of faith is if I stay abstinent on a daily basis. Um, this little reading that I read here, And it's, it's from the third step. And the third step prayer is my favorite prayer. It's like completely my favorite prayer because it talks about being free from the bondage of self. And it's always about, for me, 
that I wake up in the morning with a list. The list is going. And I'm in this bondage to what I think has to happen next on the list. And I, the only way that I'm ever able to stop that <sighs> chatter, for lack of a better word, and be available for God's will is with that third step prayer. I, I, it's like I beg throughout the day, please relieve me of the bondage of self, self and help me to be available for your will. Show me. Show me what you want me to do next. And like most people sitting in this room, you know, I work in a stressful situation and I'm asked to be accountable to a lot of different people for a lot of different things. And I um, tend to be impatient and judgmental and I get short and brusque, and I have the ability to, you know, I have the tone. Raise your hand if you have the tone, because you know if you have the tone. Okay. I have the tone. And I have to ask God all the time. I, I bite the inside of my cheeks to keep the wrong words from coming out. I, I, I laugh about it because as a compulsive overeater, all my troubles have been with my mouth. What I put in my mouth or what comes out of my mouth. And it always gets me in trouble. Um, and I have been learning to make peace with that by not putting those things in my mouth and being willing. I've gone to um, Al-Anon to help learn ways to not have those things come out of my mouth. I used to get fired from my job frequently. I have a whole track record of jobs. And um, I just completed 18 years at the same job and have been asked back for the 19th year. And, and that's a complete miracle. My family just finds that astounding. you know. And not only that, I'm in good graces. I get good job reports. I've given more responsibilities. And, um, and I laugh when I'm at, at meetings, because I'll talk about, you know, I work with small children. They're like, you know, eight and nine years old. And I'm like, don't they know I was a drug dealer? You know, it's like you've, you've given your children over to the drug dealer, <laughs> okay? And, um, and I'm not that person today. See, that, that's the interesting thing. I look at those pictures that go around, and I'm not that person today. I'm grateful that she brought me to this program, that she came in, she was desperate. I was at a, um, a, a meeting Tuesday night. I go to a step study, and the woman shared about desperate and her, her desperation that brought her here. And I don't ever want to forget that desperation, which is um, one of the reasons why I keep those pictures. And the desperation... And I, and I was listening to her talk about the desperation, and, and, and I realized that the desperation gave birth to my willingness. Okay, and my willingness has allowed me to do things that I said that I would never do. Talk about secrets that I thought would go to the grave with me. The freedom from the bondage of those secrets. The shame that my secrets. Okay, and you know I got stole, stolen food secrets, stolen cocaine secrets. 
stolen clothing from stores secrets. And I think some of that part of that in my disease was such a lack of self-worth coupled by the, it's, it's odd, like the lack of self-worth, yet I deserve it. So it's like I took what I couldn't have as like, it, this disease is really bizarre, you know, it's really a play with your head because it's, because the disease is a thief. It steals our lives from us. And we have a chance when we come here to break the cycle and say, I want my life back. Will you help me? And the I think that those nine years that I was here, but not here, were because I judged the form that the help came back to me. You can't help me, you're tall and have red hair, you know? You can't help me, you live in a different part of the state. I mean, it's like, I would judge you because I didn't think you were like me. Instead of listening to the similarities, I found all the differences, and those differences kept me isolated and alone. Alone in my disease, alone in my food, and alone away, away from God. And when I began, when the pain of not growing, when the pain of being in the disease was greater than the pain that I would have to explore in my recovery, and gratefully, we don't have to do it all at once. Thank goodness that the steps are in order. Thank God you don't have to start writing a fourth step on your first day here. You know, all of us be out the door. You know? Thank God that you get to be loved and cared about and make friends and people say come to coffee and reach their hand out and listen to the, all that pain that's inside of me. Then I begin to be able to get well when I stopped judging you when I just let you be you, when I let go and let God, and then I listened to you rather than tried to finish your sentences for you, which I'm still guilty of doing, and um, is still a character defect. <laughs> Interrupting, finishing my husband's sentences, okay, and he turns to me and says, Wait, what is this, 20 questions? You know, He'll start saying something and I'm finishing the sentence. Um, it's like, and so I'm, I'm learning. I'm still learning. You know, uh, I'm grateful that God gave me somebody who uh, also lives and works a 12-step program and also had a lot of years married before me. Um, so uh, he has infinite patience. Where it's new for me every day, he's been married a lot more years. So he um, can bring this gift to me and Sometimes I talk about, um, I'm still afraid, even though we've been together like 12 years now, sometimes I'll still be afraid to say something or tell him something, because I'm so afraid if I tell you whatever the thing is. Now, mind you, I don't know what the thing is, but if I tell you the thing, you're going to leave. It'll be too much, and you're going to go. He rolls his eyes at me and says, where am I going to go? Now, mind you, it's, he's just such a guy. It's sort of kind of endearing, but it's like, it's so desperate for me. It weighs so heavy. I'm so in fear. And he's like, just tell me. You know, like, and, and then I realize how inconsequential whatever it is, is. Um, Allison showed me that I have about uh, five minutes left. I just want to um, say that I'm really, really grateful 
um, to this program um, for all the gifts and the life that I had today. Um, some people in here know that I had back surgery um, this year um, and uh, where I was really flat on my back in my house laying on ice for a month. And um, basically I came out weighing the same thing as when I went in, if not a pound or two less. And believe me, I had plenty of food. Plenty, a lot of some of these people brought food over. Here, Deborah, eat food. And, and you know, I weigh the same thing. And um, as of last week, I was dismissed from physical therapy. And the therapist said to me, um, I have people who can't bend over as far as you that haven't even had back surgery. So you're on your own at this point. And um, he talked to me about willingness and and I said to him, I said, well, we're a team. You know, he said, you're the most willing person I've ever had on this table. He says, could you come and talk to, you know, some other people? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get well if you stand there and tell me what to do, but I don't do it, you know. And, and you know, I'm just, I was just reminded of an old story really quickly. My stepfather who went to, therap- went to therapy, but his problems never got better. The therapist told him what to do and what was wrong, but he never did anything about it. It was as if I pay. He paid money to somebody and thought that the problem would be solved, you know? And it's like, no, no, this is a team. And that's what we are here. We're a team. We, we're, we're links. I like to think of us as links in a chain. And, and some, you know, when we hold our hands with each other, we form this um, strength and we bring that grace and that strength to um, to tell this disease, wait out at the door. My disease is always there. It's going to be there. You know, it's not that I don't want to compulsively overeat. There's times, oh my gosh, my first response to everything is that I'm hungry. You know, no matter what it is, all these years later, I'm still hungry. And then it's sort of like, thank you for sharing. Now it's really going on. And, and then I get the opportunity to text, email, call. You know, I'm grateful for electronic communication these days. I read. I, I'm a history junkie, and I read these Bill Wilson books. And and back in the 1930s, and and the things that they had to do. Whereas we get to text and call, and and we have instant communication. We have instant relief from our disease. Um, I'm humbled and honored to be here this afternoon and um, glad that I got to share first so that now I can pay attention <laughs> and not be nervous and, um, and thank the committee for asking me to be here this afternoon. That's it for me. And I hope that God had something to say. Okay. We will now have three-minute shares. We ask those... Now, is there somebody actually timing timing? I don't know if we actually got a timer. Allie, can you... Oh, thanks. Are you going to share? I was going to time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Um, we will now have three-minute shares. We ask those of you who wish to share to line up to my left. Please focus... Uh, please focus the topic of our meeting. Oh, it's a bad sentence, but our topic of the meeting was let go and let God. And end your share at three minutes to allow time for all who wish to share. Okay, at um, 4.50, we'll shoot close. So if anybody would like to share, come on up over here. Please. Or I'm going to start calling on people. Michelle's coming. Sandy's coming. 
You all have name tags on. I'll walk around and call you. <laughs> you know, I'm a school teacher, for God's sakes. I ain't no fear. Hi, I'm Sandy. Who are you? Compulsive reader. Thank you, Deborah. I needed to hear what you had to say. Um, I have 26 and a half years of abstinence. Um, but I loved, I needed to hear about let go and let God. I have a bunch of health problems, and last night I went home and was in tears, and I, I really just wanted to die. I really, as I was driving home, I just wanted to run my car off the road. Um, and when I got home, my partner sat down and had a talk with me, and said the same thing like your husband, I mean, in that way of don't look at the worst. Don't look in the future and make it any worse than it is because I don't know results yet. And um, and I really had to listen to that and understand that and let go and let God guide me down wherever I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to start a new job in August. The lady called me. She's so excited I'm coming, but she doesn't know what's going on. And um, I have to tell her. And um, this is really hard for me. This is the first time when I, in all the years being in program, that I, um, I, don't, I don't know what to do but let God guide me. I just can't, I can't take this in my own hands because if I did, I would kill myself. Um, I'm a very active person, and it's very hard for me now not to be able to do anything and just sit around and have my friends laugh at me sometimes because of the stunts I pull. Um, since I, I don't have a left hand, so everything drops out of my hand, like constantly. Um, but you know what? I'm okay today. I was looking so forward to coming down here today and being with my buddies and being around and being in OA and being to, to go to meetings and everything else to know that I'm where God is for this whole weekend and that I don't have to worry about myself. I don't have to look at myself this weekend. All I have to do is listen to people and let God guide me to wherever I'm supposed to go this weekend. So I'm very thankful to be here. Thank you. I'm Allison. I'm a compulsive eater. A uh, hundred pounder, uh, abstinent for nine years. Grateful for that. Uh, thank you, thank you. It's wonderful, Deborah, always to hear your story. And I forget, you know, I think that I'm so terminally unique. Well, I don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. But um, the 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 part of your story that is my story too I forget how much we have in common is that cocaine man I loved cocaine I, and as a laxative bulimic I really loved cocaine and I was thinking as you were talking you know what I've been nine years without a laxative or um, a fenfen or a fenfine or any kind of an amphetamine or stimulant or I mean I just, you know I really I can still drink coffee and that's that's a luxury so uh, I was at a meeting the other day, and I heard somebody say um, that they were talking to an older woman who was really getting on in her years, like her 80s or 90s, and she said, you know, I had, I had a wonderful life. I just wish I would have realized it sooner. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
You know, I am so easy to just boil myself in my own misery and sorrow and pity party and poor me and, you know, all of these people in my life who don't do what I want them to do or just it's not exactly the way that I think it should be. And the truth is I have a really wonderful life. And I just intend, starting with this, with this day, that I'm just going to see my life and enjoy it. It's a beautiful life. And there's sickness and there's problems and there's, you know, a lot of uncertainty in my life. That's really, for me, so hard. I don't know. At work, I don't know about those budget cuts. I don't know uh, what health care reform is going to look like and how that's going to impact our staffing ratios. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my job. I don't know. I don't know when my mother-in-law is going to get better or not. I don't know what God's time frame for her is. I don't know if my husband's ever going to... I mean, I don't know. But right now, I have a home, and I have a husband, and I have a job, and I have dogs. <laughs> I love my dogs. Sometimes they are at the top of the list. Um, no lie. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just I eat clean food. I measure out my food. I tell my sponsor what I'm going to eat. I eat the food. A lot of it is the same a lot of the time because if I deviate from this program, if I just start picking up things that look sexy, my, my head is going to start to spin. I have to work really hard to keep the chatter out of my head. You know, the work I do in the morning, writing it down, planning it out. I wake up with the list and just connecting to God and letting him take my day is hard work. But, um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful life. So thanks for calling on me, Deborah. Thank you for letting me share. How about somebody I don't know? People that I don't know. Okay, or Annette. I'm Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. And I'm a compulsive reader. And I'm from Grass Valley, California, which is way up in Northern California. Thank you for your share. And um, the first two people who spoke have been abstinent for a long time. And I've been in, I have a little different story. I've been in the program a long time. I've been here 22 years. And I've been abstinent. And I've not been abstinent. And I've been abstinent. And I haven't been abstinent. <laughs> That's just my story. I wish I could say I'd been abstinent for many, many years. But I feel like, uh, in letting go and letting God, that God gives me periods of reprieve and grace so that I can be abstinent. And then somehow something happens and I'm not. But I've been doing this long enough that I know that God will always return, or maybe I will return, <laughs> and I will be given that grace. And, and, uh, and, and I have to look backwards and that's one of the nice things about getting older. I have a lot of backwards to look. <laughs> and I can say, well, did I always, uh, when I'm not abstinent, did I always return to abstinence? And yes, I have. And I probably will, you know, again, when I, right at the moment, I'm doing pretty well, but sometimes I'm not. Um, you know, the, when I was a child, my mother used to say, God helps those who help themselves. I thought it was the most stupid thing I'd ever heard. I just hated it when she said that to me. And now I love it because it's true. God does help those who help themselves. So, um, but sometimes, you know, I get, um, um, I run an animal shelter. I have lots of dogs and cats. And 
it's frantic and chaotic and crazy all of the time. And I forget what I'm doing. I don't forget what I'm doing with the animals, but I sometimes forget what I'm doing with my program because of it's chaotic. Um, and so, you know, I have to remember that God is there and ask for help. And I always get help. And uh, the letting go and letting God, um, you know, I, I realize some of this starts out as just an intellectual process, which eventually moves into your behavior, if you tell yourself these things enough times, that, you know, the worrying about whatever is, um, you know, whether, really, truthfully, whether I worry or I don't worry, the outcome is not any better or any worse. In fact, the worrying probably makes it a little bit worse because it keeps my mind off things I could be doing to actually solve the thing rather than just fretting. So I really don't fret much anymore about anything. And I do believe that God has an answer. And I do believe that, and I really believe this in a very deep, profound way, that God does have an answer and that um, uh, when in the moment I, I have some idea or plan about something and it doesn't go that way, at that very moment, I'm, you know, I'm like, why isn't it going this way? I can't understand it. But oftentimes I look backwards again and say, well, thank God it didn't go that way because the way that God had planned was way better than whatever I had planned. Way better. More creative, more dynamic, just better. And my time is up, and I've said all I have to say. Thank you. <laughs> yes. We still have time. Who wants to get well? Who wants to recover? Come on up. It's usually a good line. I get somebody up. Hi, my name is Janet, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm tall. Okay, thank you for your share, Deborah. I really enjoyed hearing you and, and the other people who spoke too. And I really relate to um, the idea of uncertainty. And um, I've, I, I also work uh, another program. I, I started off in Al-Anon, and then I realized that um, I had a substance problem, and I worked with that. And the whole time, I was also having a weight problem, and food was a problem in my family, and um, I was probably about 60 or so pounds more than I am now, and I carried that for s several years, and um, met some wonderful pe OA people who were also in the other programs, and um, they had so much compassion and acceptance, no matter what I looked like, or even if I was really quiet and couldn't, you know... Um, be funny or whatever you know they were they were really wonderful and so that's what really kind of drew me to OA it was attraction really and um, it was amazing and uh, so I started coming to OA retreats and come going to OA meetings at least at least one a week reading every day for OA I'm working with a sponsor right now um, that's just terrific I'm doing a lot of uh, four-step type uh, work with her and and talking about secrets that I never thought I would tell anyone and I'm able to, t to talk with her about them and it's uh, it's just amazing and so um, I guess my focus has been when, when I when I get uncertain and afraid instead of thinking oh my god I gotta have some food I gotta have you know this in the house I can't go to bed unless I have you know my, my box of crackers and and uh, so now I, I, I I'm learning that through OAM with my sponsor and, and working the program that there are other things I can do when I when I feel that way and it's just tremendous it's been a wonderful thing for me I um, 
have averted some really serious health problems. I was borderline diabetic six years ago before I started this program, and uh, my cholesterol was high, and so now those things are under control, which I'm very grateful for, and um, and let go and let God, I think, you know, um, we have this journey, and um, <clears throat> I just feel really grateful that I've had all these challenges that I've had to, to make and do, and um, it's just my life today is wonderful. I've been at my job now, it'll be 15 years in September, and I was also, like what you said, I would either yell at them or they would get, or I would just say, oh, I'm out of here. I, I, don't, I don't like this. <laughs> I, I usually wouldn't be at a job for more than a year and a half. Two years was a big biggie for me. So, so now I'm very blessed to, uh, you know, be able to do that, and it's one day at a time. So thank you for letting me share. Hi, I'm Colleen. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I came into the program February of last year, and um, I have a recommitted abstinent date of February, um, same month, same year. And um, I've released about 65 pounds. Thank you. Thank you. Caught the tail end of your talk, and thank you for the shares. Um, let go and let God. I think that I've already been put to the test this weekend. And we were able, we came up from Modesto, California, and we um, came up in a car that was beautifully air conditioned and, you know, didn't, weren't even asked to, there were four of us, and, and the lady driving didn't ask us to pay for gas or anything. So um, she did tell us, though, if there was a bump in the road that her air might go off. And sure enough, <laughs> there was a bump in, a, in the road so, while I was driving, too. So, um, you know, and I don't, I don't know who does do well in heat. My mom, we call her Lizard because she's fine with the heat. But um, I think we all can attest this is pretty hot out there. So I think that, um, you know, I've been getting a little edgy. We, we're not in this hotel. We're down the street. So we're driving back and forth. And it's not that far of a drive. But um, today, me and my friend, we went to coffee place. And um, it was really hot. And we went early this morning. So I'm just trying to let go and let God with that because um, I know that there's so many other things to be thankful for and not to focus on the negative. And um, also when I got in line to register, I had pre-registered, but they didn't have my name. And I don't know if that happened to anyone else. And, and like my friend said, we're, we're all volunteering, so be gentle. And um, I was, but I was really nervous because I'm like, oh, shoot, I started second-guessing myself. Did I pay? I thought I paid. I thought I paid for the breakfast, too. So do I have enough money in case they, you know, what am I going to do? So I just, um, you know, my mom always told me, pray. You know, say your little little prayers that you pray. So I did, and I waited and waited, and I was thinking, okay, should I get upset or should I just... Um, you know, give it to God. So that's a, a, a few trying things already. So I'm going to give the rest of the weekend to God. Not worry about the air conditioner. They found me, by the way, on the list. I wasn't in the box, but I was on there. And after um, I told my friend, can you please say a little prayer for me? 
it was resolved. So thank you all for being here. I look forward to seeing everyone the rest of the weekend. Thank you. Hi, I'm Fran. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Fran. Um, my very first sponsor 26 years ago told me to always qualify. So for every old timers, Janet was my sponsor. And I have been abstinent for 25 years, and I'm maintaining a 50-pound weight loss. <laughs> she said to always share that to give hope to the newcomers um, that they can do it too. Um, letting go and letting God is something that God keeps giving me opportunities to do. And I have found in my recovery that uh, when I don't listen to him, uh, he gives me another opportunity and another opportunity to trust him and to let go of the control and to let go of uh, the... Um, craziness that I call my egg beater state when I'm trying n notice the food reference uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to to do it all myself and um, I was in a 40-year marriage which I left because my husband uh, came out as a transgender person and was living as a woman and uh, at uh, and it was very hard for me to let go of that after all that time and I ask God over and over again why me and uh, but I was miserable because he was making a life of his own in his new lifestyle and um, I finally God used that whole process which was a, a close to a 10-year process to me for me to let go of the marriage um, uh, he taught me through that whole thing that I could trust him and that I was in charge. Uh, I mean, he was in charge, I'm sorry. And it was okay. It, it, I would be okay. I've now been remarried very happily for two and a half years. <laughs> and um, I, um, my, my new hubby is just um, a wonderful person, but he has his foibles too like we all do and God is teaching me again to let go and trust him um, and uh, I just um, I share all that with you because there's always hope I have a lot of friends who say you really give us hope they've either never been married or not been married for a long time so um, God wants what's best for you. I really believe that. And uh, thanks to O Readers Anonymous and my faith, I've found that. So thank you for letting me share. We have time for one more, according to my clock, phone, whatever. We have time for one more. Thank you. Hi, my name is Annette. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive reader. 
I, I first came to OA in 1992. I couldn't get past the third step. Oh, the irony. And I went running because, you know, I could do this. I didn't, you know, you people were crazy and I'm out of here. Um, I came back June of 2010 and got past step three and was working on my step four. I released uh, 102 pounds and... Um, then last, uh, got through last Christmas in uh, January, my mother-in-law got very ill. So of course, you know, real life is happening. So I basically put my program up on a box, in a box and up on a shelf because, you know, I had to handle this. And uh, the weight started creeping back. I, I literally gained uh, 30 pounds quickly and um, realized I did not get past step three. So I am so grateful to be here because this is the step I'm on. And um, I feel so good. I've been abstinent two days. <laughs> so I'm extremely, extremely grateful. And I am just happy to be here because um, let go, let God is where I need to be. And this is what I need to hear. So thank you so much. Okay, um, it is time now, it is now time to close this session. Thank you, thank you all who attended and shared. After a moment of silence, please join hands as we close with, haha, I get to pick, third step prayer. Uh, what a surprise. Difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help.